Block, a football playbook with your boy RIC and the place to be Rick Saratella, telling like it is when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, NFL football, college football, the NFL draft, and everything football. It's what we do here at the Football Playbook Part 7 edition, 7 today, uh, on this September 7th, 2002. Thank you so much for strapping up and joining us here today. Of course, it's all brought to you by the Ocean Casino and Resorts in Atlantic City, home for your Eagles pregame, home for your Eagles postgame. Oh, by the way, they'll have a little halftime hit, so uh, make sure you keep it locked to the Jacob YouTube channel. You're home for the best damn Eagles coverage on the planet. Damn it. All right. Um, big shout out to our chat room people. I see we got a new member, Val. Salute. Uh, Dev is up and awake with us. So big shout out to all our chat room people. And speaking of new, it's a new lineup here uh, for the fall football season. We got around the NFC East with Jeff Kerr kicking off at 7 a.m., followed by the Mac and Mac show. And then the football playbook here from 10 to 12. The sports take guys at noon, Dan Cilio, Big Sills from 3 to 6. Don't you like the new little intro graphic? I mean, how many shows they got flowing on the Jacob Sports? Of course, uh, we've got a great show lined up for you here today. It's Lions Week. It's Women in Wednesday Week. It's a Touchdown Wednesday Week. Get you over the hump here. We'll have uh, Jeremy Reisman from the Pride of Detroit, one of the best Lions websites out there in terms of Detroit Lions coverage. We'll get uh, some perspective from the other side. Uh, and then who's got the herb? Glenn Irby will be checking in from uh, Eagles Newswire, of course, part of the USA Today Network. And then uh, all in the first hour, it's the first hour of power to bring us home in hour one will be Kayla Santiago making her cameo uh, every Wednesday on the football playbook from Delmarva Sports checking in with us, uh, giving her finger on the pulse with the Eagles. And so uh, we'll have a lot of Eagles conversation here in the first hour. Uh, I'll touch base on some topics from around the league in hour two. Of course, we got your questions in the chat room. I love getting interactive with it. I really haven't taken many questions from the chat room, but I love I love to get interactive with all my people. Uh, shout out to Brandon Moore. What's up? We're going to film a Budweiser commercial today. SMD Eagles. And uh, hey, I had to represent. I didn't get a chance to talk about it. Yet this week, I told you, though, on Friday, on the Football Friday, uh, watch out for them boys from Jersey. Rutgers, 22. Boston College, 21. Woo! <laughs> Don't look now. Uh, them boys from Jersey, they might be starting off 3-0 with their Iowa matchup. They got Wagner and Temple next. Hopefully, I can dabble with that an hour or two. But, hey, uh, if you're tuned into the Jacob Sports Channel and you watched uh, all the shows, then you know we get eagle with it. But to kick things off, it's like a jungle up in here. We got uh, Pride of Detroit producer, shall we call him? Jeremy Reisman making his football playbook debut. Jeremy, uh, good morning and congrats on the, uh, shall we call it a promotion there on the Pride of Detroit? That's that's accurate. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate you having me this morning. I'm feeling great. It's week one, man. I'm so excited. Week one, there's nobody more optimistic than Mr. Dan Campbell, right? <laughs> That's that's well, for sure. It's the start of a, a fresh new season, but I can tell you what, I think nobody's grinning from from ear to ear more than Coach Nick Sariani, and he won't admit it. But this was the turning point for the Eagles' season last year. They were two and yeah. five coming into that Lions matchup, and they blow the roof off the building, forty four to six. Uh, how much? 
I, we know the Eagles have gotten better. How much better have the Lions gotten? And how optimistic is Coach Campbell? I saw him on Hard Knocks, ready to go, roaring. Uh, yeah, it, week one matchup. It, it's interesting because I feel like that that was definitely a turning point for the Eagles, and I also think after that game was kind of a turning point for the Lions because it was a it was a huge wake up call for them. And you know they they were winless up until that game, but they were competitive in just about every other game. So they go into the bye week uh, with with that kind of bitter taste in that mouth and. They come out and and they win three out of the last six games. They go three and three down the stretch, and and that kind of built a, a little bit of momentum going into this offseason. And they have a couple first round draft picks. They have some free free agency money to spend. And I think more importantly, by the end of the last season, they had seen a lot of their young players develop, and that's what this team is all about. It's one of the youngest rosters in the team. Um, I think it's second or third by eight, by average age. Last year, it was the youngest team, and so while they may not have made a bunch of splashy moves in free agency. They didn't make all the trades like the Eagles did this off season. Um, their youth got better. That, that's what they've really been planning on. They're, they're looking at this in a long-term view. So last year, their young players got better. They load up with more young players this year. They hope they get better by the end of the season. So I think, I think you're going to see an improved team. You're certainly going to see one that, that is going to be a little bit more focused on stopping the run. Cause I feel like that was really the, the game changer in last year's matchup is, the Eagles kind of found their groove in the running game while the Lions figured out they still had a lot of work to do there. And so um, Dan Campbell, I, you know, he said this week, like he's been thinking about the Eagles game. If he, if he were the Eagles, he would just kind of try to do the ga- same game plan and, and it's up for him to kind of stop it. Well, you know, football is a game of adapt and adjust. I think, you know, you're right. The Eagles are going to be a re- run team first. That's their bread and butter. I would imagine the Detroit Lions, though, are also going to be a run-orientated team with the two-headed backfield there. You can kind of switch it up. I I mean, I'm anticipating 30 carries between the two running backs. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think you want to put the ball in Jared Goff's hands and, and have him win a game for you. At the same time, I think the Lions coaching staff feels comfortable enough to kind of let him have his freedom and his reins. But eventually that's going to catch up to you and you're going to get burned somewhere along the line. At what point do they abandon the run game and have to just start passing it? Is it, you know, hey, double digits by halftime? Is it competitive game at halftime? How do you see this game playing out? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I I do think Dan Campbell is, you know, he's kind of got a little bit of that old school mentality of of establish the run and, and, and be physically imposing. And this is a team that has three first round picks on their offensive line. So they are going to want to run the ball. I think you're, you're right on on cue there. Um, but yeah, I guess the, the question is how long can can they hold that up? And it, it obviously a, a lot depends on on how the game plays out. Um, but Dan Campbell's a guy who who's not going to abandon it in the first half unless unless we see a similar situation to last year. He's a guy that's going to want to stick with it because I think the passing game is going to be so heavily reliant on it. Like they're they're going to be a heavy play action team this year, and if they get behind, that play action is not going to be as effective if they if they abandon the run that play action isn't going to be as effective but they they you know they add a couple of big outside receivers both in the middle of last year you know you guys didn't see Josh Reynolds with the Lions last year that he was a mid-season pickup and obviously they go out and get DJ Chark this offseason as well so they want to push the ball downfield through you know through Jared Goff it's just going to also heavily rely upon having that run game as as a decoy and so I think they're going to be pretty committed to the run throughout this entire game assuming this doesn't you know, spiral out of control early. Jeremy Reisman here from Pride of Detroit.
football playbook here with you. You out there in the chat room, you got a question for uh, Jeremy, let let him have it. Um, sticking on that offensive line, you're right. This is the strength of the team. The Lions have built from the inside out and done a really good job of it. Uh, they've got bookend tackles with uh, Decker and, and Panay Sewell. Frank Ragnow, uh, I think who you alluded to, is that other first-round pick. Now, former uh, Eagles Alapula Vate Vate, uh, the the big V. He uh, he is out. I saw him placed on IR. My go, my guy Jonah Jackson. I'd even plan this. Yeah, Rutgers uh, transfer who finished his career at Ohio State. That's right. uh, he looks like he'll get the starting knob. Drew Forbes from Southeast Missouri uh, will back him up. Any concern? Will the will the Lions? Do you think favor to run to the right side more than the left side because of this injury? Yeah, it's possible. Uh, we don't really know exactly how they, they plan on, on fixing the, the hole there. Um, like you said, Jonah, Jonah will start on the left side almost certainly. They might decide to move him to the right side to fill a big V spot. Um, but I think more than likely, uh, Tommy Kramer, uh, a former Notre Dame guy who was an undrafted guy last year but got a few starts just because the Lions offensive line got beat up last year, he's kind of in line to start, um, which, which is definitely going to be the weak point. And so I, I think it would make sense for the Lions to potentially run away from him but at the same time, Panay Sewell is just is such a physical force and great run blocker that I, I feel like he might they might still kind of just have that faith in Tommy Kramer and, and run to the right side because he's he's the kind of offensive lineman that you can you can play, you know, build an offense around. That's how that's I think the expectations for a guy like Panay Sewell. And he had such a strong finish to the season that that I don't see that changing in, in, in 2022. Yeah, Tommy Kramer kind of fits that grit profile that yeah. uh Dan, I like that hat, by the way. I got yeah. so many Lions fans want that hat that they're not selling it though. They have so much, right? like yeah, they have so much in-house merchandise that everyone is seeing in Hard Knocks. Like, why can't I have that? Why can't I have that? But they they want their little kind of group uh, apparel, I guess. Interesting, interesting. All right, well, there's nothing preventing the bootleggers out there. Nobody's got a trademark on grit, right? That's true. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. Hat. Hey Tone, we got a side business. Buckle up, man. We start selling. Get get uh get our guy on the on the uh, horn here. But we're talking to Jeremy Reisman, who's doing a good job giving us the Lions' perspective. I don't remember offhand. Maybe you do, Jeremy. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson. When I look at the matchups here, you know the Eagles brought in Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Uh, he's been here not even a week, so I don't know how much he's going to play. But to me. He's the guy that should slide over and cover Hawkinson. Otherwise, I don't think they have a linebacker who can do it. Is this a mismatch that the Lions might uh, look to to explore and uh, exploit? Yeah, I, I think it's it's potentially something that they they could do. Um, you know, last year him and uh, Jared Goff really seemed to have this kind of bond, this connection, but it, it really only worked through the first month or two of the season because Lions simply didn't have a lot of other options, and, and teams would would key in on T.J. Hawkinson and you know, no one else would step up to the plate. But now, like I mentioned, with kind of the re improved receiving room around them, the, the emergence of someone like Amon Ross St. Brown, um, who was just fantastic in the final two months of the season, you like to think that that might open up some opportunities uh, up the middle of the field for for a guy like TJ Hawkinson. So really the, the best way to stop someone like Hawkinson is is to have a big physical corner on him. And and whether the, the Eagles have someone not like that on, on the roster, um, you could probably tell me a little bit better, but um, yeah, I, I think that's that's definitely something that I think the Lions are, are going to try to utilize as a mismatch because they have those outside options finally where they they just didn't last year. No, it's interesting. I mean, they could they could potentially slide James Bradbury into that sure. 
spot, but then I think you have to then you run the risk. You know, Avante Maddox, does he go outside? I, I don't know. But you know, you mentioned the new weapons. Maddox will be matched up on Josh Reynolds, who you mentioned. I, you know, I would anticipate Bradbury on DJ Chark and Darius Slay on uh Amonra St. Brown, who did he came on like gangbusters yeah. down the uh stretch of the season there. And you know, the one area, you know, both teams stout running attack built from the inside out, even on the defensive side with the addition of Hutchinson, they're doing it on both ends. Uh, one one area where I think the Lions do have an advantage, though, is on the special teams. Sure. Khalif Raymond, he doesn't get much play as a wide receiver, but this this young man, I've followed his career very thoroughly. He is capable of breaking loose some big runs here, and um, that could be the X factor that keeps this Lions team in the hunt for a little bit here. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a keen observation. Um, you know, there, there was a point in the in training camp where, you know, the Lions media just asked um, asked each player, you know, who's the fastest guy on the team, and I'd say like seventy percent of them said Khalif Raymond. He's he's definitely a, a breakaway speed type of guy. He had kind of a, a modest year last year returning punts, but it's quite possible that he's returning kicks too because the Lions are going to have a, a new guy doing that this year. Godwin Iguabuke did not make the team. So there's there's going to be someone new there. We're not again, that's one of those things that we we kind of just have to wait and figure out who they plan on using there. But we know that Khalif Raymond is, is capable of doing both. And and yeah, he, he hasn't broken out a big one, I don't think, uh at, at the NFL level yet. But I think I think you're right. I think he's a guy that's capable of if if the Lions, you know, create an alley for him, he's he's going to take it. No doubt about it. Jeremy Reisman, producer here of uh, Pride of Detroit. Make sure you go check out prideofdetroit.com. It's just about the best Lions website around that I could find. And uh, you're doing a great job here, Jeremy. All right, prediction time. Drum roll, please. Uh, <laughs> Eagles, surprisingly, only favored by, you know, I think it's hovering around four points, something yeah. like that. We all know they won by almost 40 a year ago. Uh, give us a final score prediction. How does this game play out? Yeah, I, I – I typically write my previews on Friday, so I don't I don't have an official prediction, but I'll throw one out here anyways, just just for the the you know just for being on air and, and appreciate you giving me the time here. So, uh, I mean, my early look at the Eagles is I, I'm kind of amazed by their offseason. They had a really fantastic offseason. Feels like they upgraded just about every single part. And the biggest question remaining is probably quarterback, right? Jalen Hurts still has a lot of questions to answer, but the one question he doesn't have to answer is that he's a really big rushing threat. And that's something that the Lions have had an issue with. It's something they had an issue with in the preseason if you put much into the preseason uh, and then obviously uh, the last year's matchup. So I feel like the Eagles are still going to be able to kind of control the ball on the ground a lot. I do like the Lions defense a little bit better. They added some key pieces, like you mentioned, Hutchinson, six-round pick, uh, Rod Rodriguez, Malcolm Rodriguez has been kind of a hard knock star, but also a, a really, really good player. Um, and, and, you know, getting a guy like Jeff Okuda back, uh, in, in the secondary, um, could be a big help as well. That said, I, I, th I think this is going to be one of those games where we see a long possession. So that, that, therefore I think the, the game does stay pretty close, but I think in general, I, I just think the Eagles have, have a, a much better roster right now. So, um, maybe a little bit low scoring, lower scoring than you'd expect since both teams struggled defensively last year. But um, I'll go with Eagles 26, Lions 20. All right. So close, but no cigar for the Detroit <laughs> Lions in week one. But That's right. we'll be rooting for them. Uh, you know, the, at the very least, they won, they won over a lot of fans with the personality yeah. of the team. And uh, everything we saw behind the scenes. And thank you for taking us inside the white lines. That's Jeremy Reisman.
Pride of Detroit. What's the Twitter handle so folks can follow you? And what do you got going on? What's coming out next on Pride of Detroit? Yeah, uh, you can follow my personal uh, Twitter account at Detroit Online. Plenty of Lions coverage there. Or you can just follow the website at Pride of Detroit on Twitter. Um, we got a whole bunch of stuff coming up. Uh, you know, Lions Eagles preview podcast. We we do a, a Madden simulation on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, which is always just fun where I'm basically just narrating a, a game, a Madden game played by the computer um and and yeah just a, a whole bunch of fun other content at pride of detroit.com so make sure you go there all right very cool we definitely will we appreciate the time buckle up we're just getting started uh we'll be back with more eagles talk we'll have glenn irby from the eagles newswire usa today powered by ocean casino and resorts right after this greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on X. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pondley Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
swimming, swimming. We're swimming into segment two here on the football playbook, powered by Ocean Casino and Resorts. We got Ponla Hockey in the building. We got Jersey Shore right outside the window. A lot of swimming going on here at the football playbook. But the summer's over. The fall is here. NFL week one, it's Lions week. We just had Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit to give us the lowdown on the Detroit Lions. I'll get more into the Lions and Eagles matchup. Depth charts came out yesterday. I have the two deep here for each team. We'll go through that. Um, Also, by the way, uh, I put up a poll of the week. Check it out. I know Tone has got one floating around too, but I thought it was interesting. I put up a poll of the week. Who's the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time? Uh, At last check, Randall Cunningham coming in at 36%, followed by Donovan McNabb at 29%, followed by Nick Foles at 22%, and followed by our good friend Ron Jaworski at 13%. So I'd love to uh, check in on the chat room and tell me who you guys think was the best Eagles quarterback. But we got the poll going on. Make sure you hit the like button. Thank you, John, for the reminder. Uh, buckle up, smash that like like button, and uh, show your boy some love. Great segment out of Jeremy Reisman. To get the Lions perspective, we got another great segment lined up for you today with Glenn Irby from the USA Today Eagles Newswire checking in to give us the Eagles perspective, making the cameo appearance here on the football playbook. Buckle up, Glenn. How are we doing this morning? Great, Rick. How are you doing this morning? Appreciate you having me back on. Absolutely. We're doing outstanding here on the football playbook and uh, getting a day closer to this week two matchup. For sure. Lions. Uh, So let me tell you, um, where can the Eagles win this game? We just heard Jeremy say, hey, the run game got a little bit too much for the Lions to handle. Not sure Aiden Hutchinson is a one-man wrecking crew, couldn't even shore up the gap there. Is this a run-first orientated uh, game plan for the Eagles this week, do you think? I think it's really a take what the defense gives you. I think you saw that in the first preseason game where Hurts came out. He didn't target A.J. Brown. So I think it would be a situation where they had success with the running game last year. That's actually where the offense kind of opened up in 2021. So I think you'll see them take what Detroit gives them. If they can get A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith involved, if they can get Dallas Goddard involved early, cool, we'll start out passing. That's the goal anyway. If you have to revert back to, to the running game and you have the league's best offensive line, three talented running backs, Jalen Hurts as well. So I think it would be a situation of not pressing, not trying to win the Super Bowl in the first matchup, and just taking what the Lions get. All right. How about on the defensive side? I know uh, T.J. Hawkinson, he might be a little too much for the Eagles backers to handle. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson seems like the ideal guy to kind of slide into that spot. How much of the playbook he knows, I don't, I'm not sure. The other option is you could put Bradbury in there too. Correct. That leaves you a little bit vulnerable on the boundary. So I'm not sure they go that route. How do they defend against a guy like TJ Hawkinson, do you think? Well, I think that's the situation where that's the reason you brought in a guy like Kaiser White. So I think that would be his first opportunity to see how he, he does in coverage. I think, you, like you said, if CJ Gardner Johnson is ready to go, you could try him out there. You can maybe put Josiah Scott on him. I think uh, Gannon has a lot of versatility in his defense, and I think that was his goal. So you could have situations where maybe Slay slides down on him. You can slide Avante Maddox on him. You have certain interchangeable parts in the secondary, so I don't think that would be a problem. Yeah, we'll see how that situation pans out. I do think that could be a vulnerable spot, though, for the Eagles just looking at the matchup. So we'll see how that one plays out. 
Uh, Eagles releasing their depth chart yesterday. Correct. Couple interesting observations. I don't think they've promoted a fifth wide receiver just yet. Correct. Only saw four on the depth chart. And then uh, at the kick returner, punt returner position, Quez Watkins listed as the starter at both spots with Kenneth well uh, as backing him up. Um, is that? Do you feel comfortable with that? Is that how we're going to rock out the rest of the season? Do you think? No, I think that's just more gamesmanship going into week one. I think you'll see a situation where over the next two days you could see Devin Allen or Britton Covey uh, elevated to the active roster to take over that, those positions. Boston Scott has um, experience in the return game. Devontae Smith has experience, and he's worked out returning punts this summer. So you'll have six or seven options going into that first game. But I know they're trying to keep that close to the vest, and I don't think that's necessarily something we'll know until kickoff. You know, it's it's funny because you look around the league, those 47 to 53 roster spots, teams are always looking to kind of turn the bottom of the roster, trying to improve and get better. Uh, you mentioned Devin Allen. You mentioned Brenton Covey. But is there a possibility here if they are cool with Watkins' return, could they elevate a Deion Kane potentially? That's potentially. I think that's the purpose of bringing all three of those guys back. So I think based off of matchups for that week, um, how they're how they're performing in practice, you could see a situation where Kane is the fifth wide receiver as well. Well, who's Glenn Irby calling up if you're Howie Roseman? Who are you calling up for this Lions matchup? Uh, I, I'd call up Kane. I think in terms of the size, um, he gives them a presence in the red zone. Uh, Zach Pascal gives them a presence in the red zone. So at this point, you call up the veteran and allow Kevin Allen and Britton Covey to, you know, to, to continue to develop on the practice squad. All right, fair enough. Glenn Irby here, USA Today, Eagles Newswire. Make sure you check him out at Eagles Newswire on the Twitterverse and uh, does a great job making his cameo here with us today. Appreciate you. Yeah, the Detroit Lions, man, they're going to be looking to run the ball too now. Certainly. You know, they they drafted uh, our guy um, Jordan Davis, who I'm a big fan of. Yes, indeed. Uh, in fact, you know, I did not realize this until I was looking at it yesterday. He won the Chuck Benarik Award, um, and Chuck Benarik played more seasons than any player in history for the Philadelphia Eagles. Correct. So, uh, I, you know, not that that means anything, but it's a question I got to get our guy Johnny Mack to, to ask at some point here. Um, but how do you kind of see him, uh, his role here in week one? Because he, he came in for one purpose only, to stop the run. And so to me – I think he could play, I don't know, 50% of the first and second down snaps, maybe 35, 40 reps. Is that how you see it? You see more, you see less. How do they use uh, Jordan Davis? I see more. I see with Javon Hargrave, you know, returning from injury, Jonathan Hannon trying to reduce Fletcher Cox's snaps in, in, with the hopes of having fresher down the stretch. I think you'll see Davis play about 25 to maybe 30% of the snaps, depending on the flow. I know Gannon wants to play more of a 3-4 look, so you'll see plenty of opportunities, especially in the first and second down where he's the nose tackle. I think, you know, in obvious passing situations, that would be more about Cox, Hargrove, or the four best pass rushers. But this this defense is extremely versatile. They have a ton of options on the defensive line, and I think, you know, you'll just – you'll. Davis is specifically, like you said, to stop the run first and second down, but he's, he also excels as a pass rusher as well. So that'll be something to watch. Eagles Newswire, USA Today. Glenn Irby here on the Football Playbook with Rick Saratella. You today, September 7, 2022. Uh, something like 100 hours till kickoff. I know, you know, the Eagles kind of put the beat down on the Lions last year. They did add some new weapons. 
Jamison Williams, who I haven't even brought up, he's going to probably miss the first half of the season, but they did add Josh Reynolds there in the slot. who wasn't there for the matchup last year. DJ Chark added during the offseason. To me, this is, again, you talk about uh, the position versatility on defense. Bradbury, when he was with the Giants, he kind of moved around. He would match up against different guys, both sides of the field. Right. Do you see, to me, Amon Ross St. Brown's the biggest weapon in terms of receivers. I think it's Slay on Amon Ra. I think it's Bradbury on Chark. I think it's Maddox on Reynolds. Is that Perfect. how you Perfectly correct. I think Bradbury was brought in to relieve some of that pressure of Slay having to travel. I think he can, but I think in certain matchups, when you talk about size, speed, at that point, it's just a flip of the coin. I think Bradbury this season, he'll follow the bigger receivers. He'll put Slay on the outside guys so a little speedier. And then you have Maddox in the slot as well. And like we talked about with Josiah Scott, CJ Gardner Johnson can also slide inside. So we, we have options to match up with their size. Yeah, and speaking of matchups on the other side, on the flip side, the Eagles, you know, they don't take a ton of shots downfield, but I think, you know, the, the safety spot, Walker and Elliott hanging out in the back right. of that line secondary, that seems like I, I would be uh, maybe tossing a couple long balls here, te- testing these uh, safety positions that maybe build up some confidence early on with Jalen Hurts. I mean, to me... Let's, let's stretch the field. Let's, you know, you got Goddard underneath. That's got to be for, you know, let's send Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins downfield. Let's stretch the field a little bit. No, I think that, I think that'll be the goal. That was the goal for most of the summer. I think during the joint practice sessions, um, not necessarily during the preseason games, that was more backup, but during the joint practice sessions in practice, there was more of a, of a goal of an urgency to push the ball downfield. And I think you'll see them tested the Lions corners early and often. I think you'll see them, Test the line safety with Goddard across the middle. I think you'll see the rookie Grant Capitera get some some reps because he's a pass catcher as well. So I think you'll see more pass than run unless we get reduced to having to run. But I think that the goal and the purpose is to go out, push the ball downfield, target A.J. Brown, target Devontae Smith, target Zach Pascal, target Quest Watkins, and get those four guys as interchangeable parts from different matchups against a weaker line secondary. Yeah, and we'll see just how much we talk about the Jalen Hurts developments. We'll see how much he's developed in terms of reading through those progressions, standing in the pocket, being patient, and letting the play come to him rather than being so quick to take off. I think that's the biggest development, regardless of the stats. That's the biggest piece of the development here uh, that we want to see. All right, prediction time from Glenn Irby. Any final thoughts on this matchup? And the Eagles, I think, favored by four at last check. Give us a final score prediction if you can. I don't think it'll be a 35-point plot like it was last year, but I think because of the season opener, the starters only played about three minutes all summer of actual game action. So I think it, it's, it has the potential for a slow start, but I see the Eagles pulling away at the end, 28-17. Okay. I think, I think that's the consensus of most. And while we have you here, uh, I turned in. I tuned into some of the other uh, shows throughout the week. Some of the guests, some of the analysts. A lot of, a lot of negativity floating around. I'm about the positivity, Glenn. I got uh, the Eagles going all the way to Arizona, brother. I think that's the natural vibe of the city. But I, with weighted expectations, you get some pessimistic fans, pessimistic experts. But I feel like this is a solid team. 
leaders everywhere, alpha personalities, strong personalities, winning personalities. There's still guys on this roster that won a Super Bowl. So I think, you know, it's all about the quarterback. He's comfortable in the system. He's making all the throws. He's making all the reads. So it's just about them coming out, dictating their pace, not trying to win the Super Bowl in the first game and doing the things they need to do to improve. All right, one more before we let you go here. I uh, I started the segment, uh, opened up the segment by uh, letting our chat room know there's a poll. I got the poll of the week, and it's floating okay. around on the Twitterverse. Uh, greatest Eagles quarterback of all time. We're going to get your opinion. Uh, so far at last check this morning, it was Randall Cunningham at 36%, Donovan McNabb at 29%, Nick Foles at 22% and Ron Jaworski at 13%. So a divided kind of poll here. Who who do you consider the, the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time? That's a tough one. I think from a, you know, as a youth and, and my first experience with seeing an NFL quarterback, black quarterback, it'd have to be Randall Cunningham. From a resume standpoint alone, it's Donovan McNabb easily. If you want to judge the Super Bowl, then you're going to have some people say Nick Foles. But for me, I say McNabb, just on the strength of the consistency, getting to four or five consecutive NFC championship games, leading the team to the Super Bowl. No, it's an interesting question because usually you, you tell me a team, I could tell you who the greatest quarterback probably right. in franchise history was, right? Like Broncos, Elway, right? Like Chiefs, Mahomes. Like it comes, right. Eagles, it's not an automatic debate. No, and, that's, that, that's and the tone of the city. Makes it like the ultimate monkey wrench kind of Correct. Thing. If you go from stats and resume, he's not even in the conversation. Right. The Super Bowl puts him above so many. So <laughs> it's a hard conversation to have. No doubt. Well, that's why we bring you on to have those hard conversations. Hopefully we can pop you on again next week, see how of the course. Eagles did. And what do you got going on at the Eagles Newswire between now and kickoff? Which fans um, Just, you know, previewing the football game. We'll go over the matchups to watch, uh, the things to watch for, questions going into the game, keep you updated on injuries, things like that. All right, so check it out. Eagles Newswire, USA Today. Our good friend Glenn Irby checking in. We appreciate the time, Glenn. I'm sure we'll chat to you soon. Hey, two segments down. we got to take a quick commercial break. When appreciate we you, Rick. Yeah, of course. We'll be chatting on and off the air. When we come back, we have the one, the only, Kayla Santiago checking in as we continue our Eagles conversation. It's the Football Playbook powered by Ocean Casino and Resort. We'll be back right after this. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. The faces you know. 
the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. At it again, it's the boy RIC in the place to be. Next to tell us broadcasting live from the Jersey Shore around the universe and Eagles fans, Eagles media. May I invite you to embrace the expectations, embrace the hype because it's real. Don't tiptoe around it, don't be scared of it. The Eagles got a good team. Embrace it. This is supposed to be the city of brotherly love. Embrace the expectations. Because trust me, you wouldn't want it the other way. Go up the parkway not too far. You got two teams that haven't been relevant for over a decade. Okay? Let's be honest. The Giants season. Is going to be over before the Yankees. The Jets? <laughs> the Jets? <laughs> I mean, please. You want to see a massacre? Tune in this Sunday against Baltimore Ravens. The Jets season will be over before the New York Mets. So embrace the expectations. I'm here to tell you. You got a Super Bowl contender. Okay? Okay? We're going to keep the positivity flowing with our next guest, part of the NFL Draft Bible Familia, now of Delmarva Sports, of course, a Philly native, checking in each and every Wednesday with the Eagle Scoop. She's Kayla Santiago joining us here on the Football Playbook for the Cameo. Good morning, Kayla. How are you today? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? Hey, we're one step or one day closer to kickoff, so I am ecstatic, <laughs> as are all the Eagles fans. 
most of them, some of them are scared of the expectations. They're saying, hey, we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. But I'm here to say this was a playoff team last year. There's new starters littered all over the field that I consider to be upgrades. What's the problem? I mean, I think people are scared to have high expectations because every year you go into Philadelphia sports and any single asset, whether it's basketball, baseball, or football, people get their hopes up and then they're not as good as you expect them to be. But I think that you can be high on this Eagles team, especially on paper. Listen, things are going to happen. Injuries are going to come through throughout the season. But you have to be excited about a young quarterback coming in and now having a lot of talent around him as well. You talk about the days when the Eagles had Alshon Jeffrey at his best and even when Nelson Aguilar was up and coming back in 2017 in their Super Bowl year. Now you have two really good receivers for a new young quarterback. Back. there's just so much to be excited about and it's not just about what is constructed here in philadelphia it's also about the deconstruction of the tampa bay buccaneers they don't have guys like rob gronkowski uh rojo ronald johnson was a very key backup to leonard Fournette. he's no longer there chris godwin you heard him say yesterday already starting the season i i don't know you know i'm uncertain week one i don't i don't know Meanwhile, you got the Packers who can't win a postseason game that counts for anything. They lost their best receiver in Devontae Adams. Oh, by the way, the 49ers, they got a bigger question mark at quarterback than the Eagles, in my opinion. And, hey, Matthew Stafford nursing a little bit sore, uh, throwing elbow. I mean, listen, the Eagles are hungry. The Rams already been there and done that. To me, it's just that the time is ripe and they're built I don't care how many wins it is. I don't care if it's 10. I don't care if it's 11, 12, 13. Now, home field advantage goes a long way. But my point is, this team is constructed for a postseason run. Absolutely. And I think you look at Jalen Hurts, even a season ago, and we talked about this last week as well. A lot of people, especially myself last year, did not even expect the Eagles to make the playoffs. And the fact that Hurts was able to do that with all the injuries that were around him and all the media and everything like that, being able to even make that postseason push. And now he has a real team and it's his team and he's able to have year two with Devontae Smith adding the multitude of receivers that they had adding that defense in the secondary they haven't had we mentioned last week as well in years it hasn't been this good on paper so this is a team that's going to do even better than they did last season and I mean we didn't expect them to make the playoffs last year so the expectations are high this year Kayla Santiago here on the football playbook along with Rick Saratella breaking it down chopping it up each and every Wednesday uh, kicking you, taking you up to the noon time hour with the Sports Take guys, presented by uh, Ocean Casino and Resorts, home for the Eagles post game. Now, um, I saw something interesting that you know this Lions game last year, as you know, was the turning point. They went into the matchup two and five. Uh, since that Lions game last year, I believe the Eagles ran the ball from weeks eight through seventeen. They ran the ball a league high 353 times. Nobody was even close to running the ball that much. I think the 49ers were like at around 300 rushing attempts, but in one fewer games. So we saw the Eagles kind of increase the workload of the, the backfield. And they averaged, I think, 40 carries a game, which again, they led the league in rushing. They led the league in rushing attempts. I think they averaged 194 rushing yards per game on the season. What's the ratio 
that we want to see with Jalen Hurts' development. Are we still running the ball 50-50? Do you want to see them air the ball out a little bit more? Do you want to see them take advantage of a weakness and they seem to run the ball pretty well against Detroit? Is it, is it a week-by-week game plan? What do you want to see from this Eagles offense attack? I think it's week by week, and I think you have to go into week one, realizing what you have as receivers and trying to utilize that. We all know that Jalen Hurts is still working on that passing game, and now that he has the weapons to do it, I wouldn't be surprised if they air it out in this game more, and then Nick Sirianni maybe draws it back a little bit and says, hey, let's run the ball a little bit more. That's our bread and butter. That's where we really can hammer it in and get those touchdowns and get those yards. But I think week one – not to play risky, but to go out there and say, listen, this is what we got right now. Let's test it out in real game speed and see what we have and see what we have to work on in practice. Because this year is going to be the test for Jalen Hurts to see how much he's going to tuck and run or to see how much he can actually air it out and hit those receivers and how accurate he can be. So I think that you have to at least try to throw it a little bit more than you did at the end of last season to start out this year. Yeah, and I, I'm looking at the Lions' safeties being vulnerable. I hope they take a couple deep shots down the field, even if they don't complete them, keep the defense honest. I think Goddard and Brown, they're going to work the underneath game all season long, get them the ball in the hands, let A.J. Brown go to work yards after the catch, let Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins take a couple deep shots downfield. Let me ask you about the wide receiver position because the depth chart came out yesterday. They're still kind of fine-tuning that 53-man roster, but they have not yet elevated a, a wide receiver five since the trade of Jalen Rager. We saw Quez Watkins named temporarily. I don't know, but as of the depth chart yesterday, Quez Watkins named the return guy. Does that mean Deion Kane gets the call up from the practice squad over Devin Allen or Britton Covey? What it put your GM cap on? Who's your number five wide receiver for this Lions matchup? I think it's tough. I really do like Devin Allen, and I think that he can be utilized in this. I think Quez Watkins is also going to be really interesting. You talk about that guy coming in who showed that speed last year. What can he be able to do? Obviously, he's going to be in that game with them. But I really like Allen, and I think that he can make an impact. But it's going to be interesting to see because we talked about Jalen Rager a little bit last week, and he was not needed to be that number one guy this year. So whoever is going to come up from this practice squad is probably not going to get that many touches. It's probably not going to see the ball a lot, but they're going to put him to the test and see what he can do. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing. I think they have to bring him up and see what he can do. And then you go into week two, week three, week four, and really try to solidify who you want as that number five spot. Yeah, I like Devin Allen. I don't know if he's ready just yet, but I think before it's all said and done, He's going to have a momentum changing play. I'll just say that whether mm-hmm. that's a kick return or you saw it in the preseason with the 55 yard bomb and especially on special teams, this, this guy can make an impact. You know, they say a left, a left footed punter is good for one victory a year because of the rotation of the ball is different than a right footed punter. And eventually you're going to get a muffed punt change of possession, switch of field momentum turnover. I think Devin Allen is a one-game X factor, even if he doesn't play a lot, because he can make a big play that swings the pendulum and changes the momentum of the game. So Devin Allen, to me, I think it's great that he's back on the practice squad. I'm looking for big, big things out of him, okay? 
let's turn our attention to the defensive side of the ball because uh, they added a lot of new starters, James Bradbury being one of them, Hassan Reddick being mm-hmm. another, Kaiser White, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They're all starting. Mm-hmm. Jordan Davis, though, is kind of more of a hybrid role or a luxury role or a situational role, we'll call it, because I'm not sure he'll be out there on third downs or in, or in pass rush situations just yet. I know that's what he's basically worked on for the past seven months to try to improve and get better at. But for the for the week one purposes, he's probably going to be in there primarily on first and second down. Uh, how how frequently do you put him in there? Do you take Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrove off the field? How do you kind of work this uh, D-line rotation? I think they're going to be experimental, but I think it's going to be tough because I think the one thing the Lions do has is a decent offensive line. So I think they're going to try to rotate him a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if we maybe only see him in a quarter or two and then just keep that rotation going between them. I would like to see him get in a little bit more in week one, test out what you have. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing with this Eagles team this year. For the first time, it's in Jalen Hurts' career, at least. They have a very complete team on both sides of the ball. So you have to put guys in and test them out. I know it's not preseason and I know it's not the practice squad. I get that it's week one and it is a real game. But at the same time, this is game one of a super long season. If injuries happen, you also need to see guys that can step up and really take that role. So I think that's what they're going to do at least for the game against the Lions. Well, you mentioned injuries and I hate to say it. It just, when you bring up Miles Sanders, it's almost like, when, not if he gets injured, at, at some point he's going to be dinged up. Has Kenneth Gainwell done enough to be elevated as the starting running back should Miles Sanders go down? Because last year it seemed like Boston Scott, who was the third running back, would leapfrog Gainwell. Gainwell would kind of remain at, in the backup. How? Do, I mean, to me, I think Gainwell – has a big upside. I know his preseason and training team didn't exactly tell that story, but I feel like this guy has kind of been not really discussed as a factor in the offense. And at the end of the day, I think he might even have more total yards when we get to the playoff time than Miles Sanders. How do you kind of see the backfield by committee approach playing out? I am a really big fan of Kenny Gainwell because I was super excited what he did last year. I think he just had so much promise in what he showed, the little glimpse, little pops of power, and the speed that he's able to put his head down and just completely gain yards. I think that he, at the end of the day, as you mentioned before, will play more than Miles Sanders just because of the injury history than Sanders. And I think you have to get ready to groom him to be that number one back if Sanders goes down for a long period of time. We know that Jalen Hurts can tuck and run and get some yards, but who's that guy that he's going to be able to rely on and hand over the ball and open up the offense and get the extra yards when they're needed? I've really liked Gainwell, and I think that he's going to just take a step up this season. All right, fair enough. I'm with you on that. I'm going to be keeping an eye on that as well. Um, Also, for the Lions, you know, I think they're going to be running the ball a lot. Did you catch any of this hard knocks at all? I mean – it made for some good TV, but I'm just not buying into me. I almost feel like Dan Campbell has almost exposed himself now because it's like, if it doesn't work, you got to ask yourself, like, is this a joke? Is this guy just a glorified cheerleader? I hate to say <laughs> it, but like at some point, 
what are they going in year three? At some point, the team has to start winning games. What do you make of this Lions squad? I think that not that they would be dumb to throw the ball, but if you look at the Eagles secondary on paper right now, you're taking one too many chances if you air it out a lot. I think their safest bet right now is to run the ball and try and get some yards. Of course, they're going to mix things up. That's just the game of football. But the Eagles secondary, as we mentioned before, it's one of the best on paper in a really long time. And they're going to make plays. I mean, they're going to do what they need to do. And game one is perfect for them to figure out what they can do very well and what they can't, especially against a Lions team who last year struggled with the accuracy of throwing the ball. So now you're looking at these corners, you're looking at the safeties, and you're saying, my, oh, my, I do not want to air the ball anywhere near them. I do not want to give them a chance to create a turnover. So I think the Lions are going to be very run heavy in week one. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how the defensive line can keep up with that. As we mentioned, how many rotations they really use, how much we'll see Jordan Davis as well. What are the Eagles defense going to do and those linebackers be able to come in and stop that run game? And I think that's where they'll be put to the test. Chopping it up, breaking it down with Kayla Santiago, Delmarva Sports here on the Football Playbook. Rick Saratella here with you today, September 7th, 2022. It's prediction time. The line really hasn't moved much uh, over the last several months, actually, even despite of all these additions and and ads and, and uh, preseason hype, the hoopla, everything else. It's still sitting pretty at like three and a half, four points. We know the Eagles bloom out of the water last year is this year going to be a little bit closer is there an upset brewing in the works uh where are we leaning here kayla for the eagles i was actually right on my prediction last year that they went nine and eight and i thought that they were going to pick it up towards the end of the season now i think their schedule's a little bit tougher and there are some games that you look at especially later in the year of course those divisional matchups will always matter but i think the eagles can be a 10 or an 11 win team this year and i say that because I think they're only going to get better. I think week one looking in, a lot of fans might look at Jalen Hurts and be like, he missed passes, he missed Devontae Smith, receivers weren't running the right routes. But as time goes on, you look into week four, week five, I think that's going to be super crisp that they can all stay healthy. So I'm excited to see what they can do and how accurate Jalen Hurts can get. I'm not saying by any means he might be the best NFC East quarterback. He might be able to get there. Of course, Dak Prescott on the Cowboys, unfortunately, is still very, very good. But I think they're a 10 or 11 win team this year. And I'm going to stick to that prediction. Last year, I was right. And hopefully, fingers crossed, this year I will be too. And they can get even better and maybe some home field advantage. Yeah, I'm uh, hammering the over nine and a half wins. I said it yesterday. If this team doesn't win double-digit games, somebody's got to go. Oh, yeah. Especially because last year they won nine games. So you look at last year, Jalen Hurts' first season as being that starter Nick Sirianni's first year of being the head coach. If you can't get over nine, unless something happens, if Hurts goes down for the year or the receivers go down, if anything happens like that, then okay, you look at it differently. But as this team is lined up right now, there's no excuse for them to not get double-digit wins. All right. Unfortunately, we have to let you go. Tell the people at home what you got going on over there at Delmarva Sports. What's going on this week? I saw you at the UFC, I think, last weekend. Yeah, we had an MMA fight last weekend, which was really exciting. One of our fighters actually from back in October will be fighting in the Daniel Cormier series. And then if he wins that, he'll be going to the UFC. So we will be having interviews with him. We also have a documentary coming out 
Um, one of our teams made it to the Little League World Series championship games. So we will be airing that. And then we got Thursday night and Friday night football coming up. So I can't wait. We got some crucial rival matchups. The high school season is here. The NFL season is here. It's football all around. Super exciting. Buckle up. It's a double chin strap affair. Make sure you go follow her. Kayla underscore Santiago one. Right. That's yes. Good. On Twitter. All right, Kayla. I'm sure we'll be chatting both off and on the air. We look forward to having you back next week. Absolutely. Can't wait. Go birds. Thank you. All right. There you have it. Kayla Santiago there with the uh, latest Eagle scoop. She'll be here each and every Wednesday to break it all down for you and uh, help you get through the week. It's Wednesday hump day. We'll get you over the hump. We'll get you closer to game day. Hey, I see some breaking news in the chat room. I know the Eagles had some tryout players yesterday. I have that in my notes that I wanted to discuss. Uh, sounds like, according to you guys, I'll have Tone confirm it during the commercial break. They signed not one, but two players that were inside the building yesterday. We'll talk about it. We'll be about it. It's the football playbook powered by Ocean Casino and Resorts right after this. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
it up, give it up. An hour of power, huh? It's a can't stop, won't stop situation. Uh, Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, checking in to kick off the show. Did a great job with the Lions perspective. Glenn Irby, USA Today, Newswire, Eagles Newswire, uh, second on deck. And then uh, how about that last segment with Kayla Santiago, always bringing the heat, dropping the knowledge of Delmarva Sports. Hey, show your boy some love. Let's get the likes up. Let's get the algorithm going. Let's get the show flowing. It's hour two with you here today. It's all brought to you by the Ocean Casino Resorts. Where will you be for the Eigels pre and post game? I have a feeling RIC might be making an appearance down in uh, the gallery. Just saying. See all my people, the people, the beautiful people over there hanging out. Uh, by the way, I don't know what the – I got to talk to Krause and see what the situation is because uh, I hear you might need to reserve a table. I might – might be standing room only at the Ocean Casino Sportsbook Gallery. Are you kidding me? What I like about the gallery, too, for those of you who frequent uh, the Atlantic City area like myself, you know, I don't know how long ago they stopped doing it. You know, when you're out in Vegas, if you're sitting at the bar playing the video crack, drinks are on the house always, always, as long as you're playing and you got something going. Not so much in Atlantic City. They stopped doing that like at least 10 years ago. Very few, if any, do it. However, the Ocean Casino does. In fact, they didn't want to take my money when I tried to buy a beer. They said, no, 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 go over there. Go get your rewards card. They give you the $25 uh, free slot play. They give you the the, the uh, aqua turquoise uh, ocean shirt that I have yet to, to rock out with on the um, – on the show uh nfl pa bowl sent me a, a a care package shout out to them we'll have dane vandernat on tomorrow maybe i can rock some of the new gear uh xander still waiting for my uh jacob sports gift package to arrive did it get lost in the mail i saw tone had a hat on man i'm trying to get me some some uh i need some school some school gear man it's school back to school man Help help a brother out over here. But I don't mind rocking the Tony Soprano Rutgers jersey. I know you guys see it. Rutgers, baby. They're going to be 3-0 and headed into Iowa. Watch out. Um, not a lot of time for the college football chop shop here today. Maybe when we get Ralph Ventry back on Friday, we can mix it in. Uh, tomorrow, by the way, I know we have our good friend Neil Stratton making his football playbook debut. Uh, if you tuned into my old show, uh, The State of Football, then you know every Thursday, Dane Vandernat, Neil Stratton, two staples that bring you inside the league. Of course, Dane was a director of pro personnel for 10 years with the Raiders. Neil Stratton covers the agent and scouting community as good as anybody. And, uh, you know, the Eagles had a lot of front office movement. I heard Mac and Mac talking about it on the previous show. So we'll get into some of that with Neil Stratton tomorrow. I think we got a couple others lined up, uh, Tone, some pretty good guests flowing throughout the week. Oh, by the way, um, Brian Baldinger will check in on a football Friday. So uh, big, big show lined up for football Friday. We got Ralph Ventry back at it again. Howard Balzer will be here. Uh, we might even have John Macaron from Sports Illustrated, who uh, did such a great job covering the Lions for us last week. We might pop him on one more time. So it's a can't stop, won't stop affair here on the football playbook part seven here on the September 7th, 2022. And so um, 
couple of moves here. I had the uh, Newswire. I saw you know Tuesday. For those of you who don't know, is what the NFL calls the Gong Show, and you know we kind of got away from it during COVID. Teams were restricted in terms of how many players they can bring into the building on Tuesday, which is quote unquote the players' day off. I know they're still doing the media stuff with the coaches' uh, interviews today, but. It's supposed to be the quote-unquote players' day off. So that's when the team brings in the tryout guys. And you can bring – I think we're back to pre-COVID rules. You could bring in as many players as you want. Well, yesterday we said that maybe safety is a weakness on this roster. The Eagles acknowledging that tight end is somewhat of a concern. Somewhat of a concern. And I, and I agree because – Grant Calcaterra can't make the club in the tub, bro, until you can show me, you know, Kayla was talking about injuries, availability, still your best ability. I, I don't know about Grant Calcaterra's durability. I don't know. Big, big, big question mark. And Jack Stoll, should Dallas Goddard go down? I mean, Jack Stoll ain't, in, ain't injecting any fear into uh, opposing offenses and that takes a big element of the offense out. It makes a big, big element of this offense disappear when you don't have a big pass-catching tight end. And I see a lot of people kind of putting Dallas Goddard in his top five status. I don't know. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet, guys. And I know I am the ultimate optimist when it comes to the Eagles on the Jacob Sports channel. It's just because I call like I say it. I can guarantee you this. There will not be... A single personality on this channel more critical than the Eagles this season. There will not be a single person on this channel that is subjective and as real as it gets than yours truly. And I promise you that. That's a guarantee. I will watch every single snap of every single play of every single game, and I'll come back here and I'll shoot you straight every Monday, and I'll shoot you straight Monday through Friday, 10 to 12, Believe you me, nobody is going to be more critical of this team than me. Nobody. I promise you. Promise. I'm just telling you what I see. I call it like I see it. You want to doubt the Eagles are Super Bowl contenders? Go find me the team that's hand downs better. I'll give you the Rams. On paper, they're better. No doubt. That's the only team in the NFC. I'll give you that. That's the only team in the NFC that I will give you that. You want to say Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts? Sure. Give me the Eagles roster 10 out of 10 times. Same thing with Tampa Bay. Same thing with Dallas. Same thing with the 49ers. Outside of Debo Samuel, George Kittle, pretty good. I think the Eagles might have more weapons. Just saying. Show me. Go find me the team. That is better than the Eagles, okay? Now, if injuries happen, they got big problems at tight end, which is why yesterday they brought in two tight ends and a wide receiver that I think they are looking at converting into a tight end. And we saw it with Tyree Jackson. We've seen it in the past with Darren Waller. And so Dalton Keene, Auden Tate, Farad Green, three players that I scouted coming out of college, were brought in for a tryout. Tone confirmed. The chat room gave me the heads up. Appreciate it. 
Dalton Keene and Auden Tate both signed to the practice squad, both P squad guys. Yep. Uh, Reed Sinet, Lamichael P Ryan. Bye bye. Um, so P Ryan, roll of the dice, former fourth round pick, didn't really show much, I guess. He's out of here. Reed Sinet. Hey, we don't need you really. So Dalton Keen is one of the guys when the uh, cutdowns came down the wire and I went through the team by team. And, oh, Dalton Keen, Billy Belichick, uh, Billy Ball. He just took him in like the third or fourth round not even a year or two ago. And I saw him extensively at Virginia Tech. He's a combination tight end. He's a pretty good blocker. Won't get you hurt in the passing attack. Now, he's not, an, uh, he's not a, a tremendous playmaker as a pass catcher, but he's a very capable one. And so what you see here is Howie Roseman rolling the dice a little bit and trying to, you know, there's a reason why when you're a top 100 selection, these guys are always going to get another shot. There's a reason why they went as high as they did. So Dalton Keene, bring him in, see what you got. If not, no skin off our back. You're just trying to upgrade. We talked about it last segment. Those guys, 47 to 53, you're trying to upgrade. So Dalton Keene, I like I like the situation. I was surprised he was cut. Bill Belichick admitting another one of his poor draft choices, parting ways early. And Auden Tate out of Florida State, this is a guy who burst onto the scene he was a dynamic, dynamic playmaker at Florida State his sophomore year. He's got great size. You know, I think he's somewhere in that 6'4 range. And he's got the, the, the Darren Waller build. I think he's somewhere probably around 215, 220 pounds. I don't think the Eagles have him here as a wide receiver. I could be wrong. But just looking at the guys they brought in, the other being Farad Green, you know, Keen and Green, they're tight ends. I think the Eagles are happy with their wide receiver depth. I think Auden Tate is a conversion project because I don't think he tested as well. And he got bad advice coming out. He declared early as a junior, from what I recall, because he went off. He had like 10 touchdowns his junior year, got some bad advice, people gassing him up in the years between his head. And uh, I think he went undrafted. So, but, you know, He's a guy, I think he caught 40 balls for 500 yards just a couple years ago for the Cincinnati Bengals. So, hey, again, you try to catch lightning in a bottle. I don't hate the move. I don't think P. Ryan or Sinnott was going to give you anything of value this year anyway. So I like the moves. Always looking to upgrade. Farrard Green is another guy. We had him out at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl coming out of Mississippi State. Wanted to see him bulk up a little bit more because he did have some – Injury durability concerns as well coming out of school. Uh, have not been able to follow his path uh, extensively and keep up to tabs. I, I forget if he came out this year. I think it was and, and where he's been uh, since since May in terms of training camps. But uh, Dalton Keene, Auden Tate, Farrard Green, in for workouts. Eagle signed two out of three. Keene and Tate just goes to show you maybe they're not in love with Jack Stoll. Maybe, maybe they're concerned like I am about Grant Calcaterra's health, you know? So some moves here on the Eagles wire. Um, oh, by the way, how about Carson Strong 
he he got a tryout yesterday as well. He was in the uh, Denver Broncos facility. Uh, the Broncos, I believe, they just kept Brett Rippon, uh, nephew of Mark Rippon, Super Bowl winner. Uh, but the former Boise State quarterback, Brett Rippon, played extremely well. In fact, so well that Denver parted ways with Josh Johnson, who's only played for about half the league now and has been uh, all over the place. But, um, hey, Carson Strong getting another look there in Denver. Uh, John Elway loves to swing and miss on quarterbacks, but uh, they hit they hit the nail on the head with Russell Wilson. By the way, I saw some, uh, I think it was on Big Sill show, the national football show, where he was saying he doesn't agree Russell Wilson will be there for the length of the contract. I tend to agree with that sentiment. Him and Sierra got too much money. But I was kind of um, – I don't, I don't want to take credit for it. I didn't crunch the numbers, but somebody uh, that I highly respect crunched the numbers for me and basically said it's a four-year, $161 million deal. So you're basically getting Russell Wilson – it's like $0.10 cent on the dollar, $40 million a year for Russell Wilson. That's a bargain. And then after four after uh, four years, he's got uh, I think it'll be thirty four and or thirty five, and there's three club options on the back end. So after he gets through the first four years, it essentially becomes a year to year deal where the club has the right to exercise that contract. So hey, there's ramifications there in terms of what that Jalen Hurts contract looks like and. I had some numbers, too, with Lamar Jackson. I didn't get to yesterday in the scouting notebook here. But uh, Lamar Jackson, we talked about it. He's going to wait. There's no shot of him getting an extension here before kickoff. He's going to wait until the salary cap goes up during the offseason. And if the Ravens franchise tag him, he's going to be okay. He's going to make probably about 45 million dollars next year on the franchise tag if that's the route they go and they can actually tag them up to three times i believe so the ravens can keep lamar jackson in-house for 45 million dollars next year the following year if they franchise tag them it'll cost them 55 million which at that you know two years from now will probably be the going rate if not more <laughs> for a franchise quarterback now if they franchise tag them the third year you're looking like at 80 million cap figure type of number. So the Ravens by then will have to have worked out a long-term deal, but Lamar Jackson's going deep diving, deep fishing, deep sea fishing. He wants guaranteed money. He wants 50 million plus per year. And I got news for you. If the Ravens don't give it to him, somebody will. Best believe. Best believe we are bringing you up to the 12 o'clock hour. I can't believe the show is flying by. Sports take guys taking over from 12 to 3. Big sales from 3 to 6. Of course, the Jacob Sports new lineup here on YouTube. It all begins with around the NFC East, 7 a.m. with Jeff Kerr, followed by Mac and Mac, Birds 365 from 8 to 10, leading you up to the football playbook show. We're live each and every day from 10 to 12. Buckle up. Show some love. Hit the like button. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so when we do go live, if you're out there on the West Coast, all my West Coast people, if you're out there across the pond like Patrick Lennon, you get alerted on the phone if you subscribe to the channel. It says, yo, TFB with RIC, live on the air. Let me tune in 
find out what I'm missing. I'm going to tell you what you're missing around the league when we come back after this commercial break. We got some news and notes from around the NFL. We'll break it all down, chop it all up, show your boy some love. Hit that like button. Hey, Tone, we'll be back right after this. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on X. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pondley Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. And again, I'm already seeing the place to be Rick Saratella broadcasting live from the Jersey Shore around the universal. It's all brought to you by Ocean Casino Resorts in Atlantic City, home of the Atlantic City Jazz Festival, September 17th. I hope to be there. It's 10 days away. Please, please, please let me find a way to make it happen. Let me find a way to make it down to the Eagles pre and post game show at the gallery. Standing room only, I hear. Get in where you fit in, I guess. 
Um, hey, tomorrow, I mentioned we'll have Dane Vandernat, Executive Director of the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, as well as my good friend Neil Stratton, CEO of InsideTheLeague.com. Oh, by the way, good friend G.J. Kinney will check in, former Eagles return man, quarterback conversion guy, now the head coach over at Incarnate Ward. He has worked his way up the head coaching ladder. He, In fact, he was an assistant coach with the Eagles, I know, on his journey to becoming head coach. But I saw the Eagles were in the building the other day scouting some players at his school. So we'll get we'll pop up G.J. Kinney tomorrow. We'll have Dane Vandernat, Neil Stratton. It'll be a double chin strap affair. Of course, more Eagles talk for you. Friday, football Friday, we got Brian Baldinger checking in. Uh, in the middle of his film room sessions for the NFL Network. We'll have Howard Balzer, Philadelphia native, out in the desert where they'll play host to the Super Bowl. And uh, Ralph Entry chopping it up, sharpening the axe. We'll go around the league, uh, get get our predictions on the books here at the football playbook. Uh, nobody breaks it down like the football playbook. Let me tell you, um, I'm looking so forward to this season. I am looking so forward to this season. All right. We'll get back to some matchups with this Lions game. We got about a half hour left to play with. Some news and notes that I saw from around the league. Uh, the NFL put out a statement saying that they absolutely will look into taking control or jurisdiction over player actions during practices. And if you want to keep these joint squad, intra squad practices going, well, NFL's got to have some kind of jurisdiction. Otherwise, it's going to be the OK Corral out here. I mean, let's be honest. You guys are making all these suspensions and judgments and decisions based on what players do outside of the facility. But no, it happened on the practice field. We can't call it. We can't make it. Come on. Come on, NFL. Like, let's go. Change the rule. Make it happen. Rich McKay, you listening? You're over there on the competition committee. Make it happen. Uh, that needs to be fixed. Darius Slayton, little G-Men news. He restructures his contract. I know there were some teams out there uh, waiting to see what the Giants would do with Darius Slayton. I think the Packers being one of them who would have been quick to maybe scoop him up. Uh, so Darius Slayton, <clears throat> he remains with the G-Men. Kayvon Thibodeau, who I had as the best player in the draft, and all indications are this kid's the real deal. He got hurt in that first preseason game. Uh, still limited there this week. We'll see if he plays week one. I think he I think he will. I think he will. Um, how about Chris Godwin? We talked about the Tampa Bay Bucks. Not the same team as a year ago. Not the same team. Chris Godwin already uncertain for week one. So without Gronk, without Godwin. We just talked about it. It makes your offense very one-dimensional, Mike Evans. You know, who 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 are they gonna throw at a Justin Watson? Hey, if you're in line for you want a fantasy sleeper this week, Justin Watson out of pen. I'll give you a quick Justin Watson story. So the kid runs uh four three eight at the pro day. I think me and the Patriots and Giants were the only people there in attendance. You know, the Giants left, Patriots stick around. The guy says, yo, let's just measure this field for shits and giggles. 
and you know the the maintenance guy or the facility yeah oh dude 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 we've been using this for our pro day like forever like it's it's on the money it's all good no problem so we get the measuring tape it's me and the patriots we roll it out wouldn't you know their 40 yard dash line was only 38 yards Tales from the scouting trails. I wonder why he ran a 4-3-8. But Justin Watson making big plays in training camp. I like the kid. I think he's going to work out well there for Tampa Bay. He's no Chris Godwin, though. Uh, J.C. Jackson, you know, we talked about the uh, AFC West. Woo, what a gauntlet it's going to be. Well, J.C. Jackson for the Chargers, he is out. Darren Waller for the Raiders, he appears to be in. So, uh, you know, some week one injury updates there. I mentioned the Houston Texans last Friday. They're my surprise team. And I don't have the Texans going to the playoffs, but their overall under win total, I think, is sitting at four and a half. I think this is a seven win team because they've drafted so well over the last two years. They've had a lot of pieces nonchalantly. And this Damian Pierce, I mean, what a find out of the fourth round coming out of Florida. He does a little bit of everything pretty well. And I think he's the odds-on front runner. If I had to pick somebody today to win NFL Rookie of the Year, I think it's Damian Pierce. I really do. I think Damian Pierce is the guy to get the most touches, and that should result in the most yardage. Um, typically, quarterbacks tend to win the award a lot. But Kenny Pickett, who, oh, by the way, was – Elevated to QB2 yesterday. I just, here's what I'll say about the Pittsburgh quarterback situation. Because Mike Tomlin came out and named Mitchell Trubisky the starter. But when he was asked about it, he made sure to let the media know that not only is Mitchell Trubisky our starter, he's also our captain. That's telling, right? You don't just hand that out. Captain, first year on the team. Mike Tomlin isn't just handing handing out trophy awards here, okay? Uh, Kenny Pickett, you know, I think week eight, week nine is that bye week. That's the earliest you might see Kenny Pickett. And the Steelers have to be below 500 or out of the playoffs. And I think they're going to linger around 500 all season long. So until – until Kenny Pickett leaves them no choice but to kick off those training wheels, I think it's Trubisky's show. I do. Uh, so those are your news and notes from around the league. If anything else is developed, please chime in in the chat room. Please keep us posted behind the stream tone. Um, I've got the, de- the, de- the, de- the I got the depth charts. I got the depth charts. Okay. I want to tell you what I see, um, see if we can exploit some mismatches here. So, hey, big shout out to all the chat room people keeping it going strong. Jeremiah, SMD, John, Joey B, all you guys, man. Show some some love, get some likes going. Um, we're just going to get stronger as the days and the weeks and the year go by. All right. So when I'm looking at this, I, I told you the safeties, Walker and Elliott, I think the Lions could have trouble downfield. And this Amani Arorie 
is one starting corner. Uh, Jeffrey Okuda is another starting corner coming off the injury there. I think you'll see Michael Hughes, uh, I believe, from Ohio State. He's in the slot. He'll be matched up most likely against Quez Watkins. I don't want to assume, but if Jeffrey Okuda, another guy from uh, Ohio State, Hughes was from uh, Florida school, actually, USF or something. Um, Okuda, I think, could be matched up on A.J. Brown. Aurorier on on Devonta Smith. Those are those are mismatches. Like I know that the Eagles want to run the ball, but there's some mismatches to be had in the passing attack. Okay, so look for that. Um, you know, Aiden Hutchinson is somebody to keep an eye on. But I think that if I was the Eagles, and I'm not a big fan of running the ball outside, I'm a big believer of running between the tackles. But let's be honest, Charles Harris on one side, on the back nine, and Aiden Hutchinson on the other side, Eager Beaver, believe you me, I think, you know, there's a good chance that, especially with Gainwell catching the ball out of the backfield or some play action, I think you can catch Hutchinson being his first game, wanting to make a splash, being overly aggressive, anticipating and trying to get into the backfield, I think some RPOs and play action could really catch Hutchinson out of place. And I don't think Harris has the speed uh, for the outside to catch up there. So to me, that's something I would look to exploit. I think Gainwell out of the backfield would be in my playbook this week. Um, they only list two linebackers on their depth chart. Uh, Board and Anzalone as starters. My guy, Rodrigo, Malcolm Rodriguez, uh, who was a stud out at the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, sixth-round pick, doesn't get the starting nod, but he will be starting in there by the season's end. Uh, if you watched Hard Knocks, I caught up on it last night, this morning, whatever you call it, just because I knew we were going to have Jeremy Risen from uh, Pride of Detroit on the show. And I will say this. About the, I, you know, they had the uh, cut downs and they brought you inside the rooms like they always do. And, um, you know, Brad Holmes, the GM, and, and Dan Campbell, I think they conducted themselves very professionally. And I think you saw the players genuinely appreciated the culture. And almost everybody who got cut thanked them. Now, the one thing I got to say, you cut this kid from Bryant, Tom Kennedy, and he knew, he knew it was the wrong thing to do. Dan Campbell knew that Tom Kennedy earned a roster spot. He knows it. In his heart, he knows it. And you could see it during that scene in Hard Knocks. The agony. It really, like, everybody else, he was okay with letting go. It killed him on the inside to let this kid go because Tom Kennedy... Not the last you heard of, my friend. This could be a Wes Welker type of mistake that you let him out of the building. And you know what? The other thing I got a couple things, a couple couple laughs I got out. One, he told all the players how good they were. They couldn't have done anything better. Bro, shoot him straight. Like, you've got limitations on your talent. <laughs> you know? 
shout out to Bruce Hector, good friend. I've had a chance to spend some time with him and, you know, he's going to wind up on another roster. But to me, it's like these players are so good. Dan Campbell tells them how good they are. Well, how good is your roster that you're letting all these good players go out the door? Tom Kennedy? Bro, I'm looking at your wide receivers. Quentin Cephas? I don't know. I think that was a mistake. Uh, I know we, you know, Josh Reynolds, we talked about. I, I think Tom Kennedy might be better. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, the other thing I thought was funny was when Rod Wood, who's like SVP or president of operations, and, you know, he goes, oh, by the way, when they're talking about Rodrigo, goes, Rodrigo is the second leading uh jersey on the team in terms of sales and Campbell's like oh really and he goes yeah right behind this guy and he points to Aiden Hutchinson the number one Lions player in jersey sales and and Dan Campbell goes uh you know it speaks to our fan base of who we are that really speaks volumes of our fan base who we are they're not about the glitz and the glamour no Dan sorry coach that's not what it is here. And you are as blind as a squirrel. I almost feel bad for you because it's not because they don't like the glitz and the glamour. It's because you got no glitz or glamour. <laughs> Jared Goff, are you kidding me? Amron St. Brown, who I good friend of the show. He's your best weapon on, on the offense? Like there's a reason why Aiden Hutchinson is leading the team in jerseys and a six-round linebacker backup is number two because nobody wants a DJ Chark jersey. How about Nate Sudfeld with the uh, appearance on the hard knocks taking the red eye in? Campbell didn't even know he was in the room. So... You know, little wake-up call. Like I said, I think the hard knocks almost exposed Dan Campbell to the point where it's like, guy, bro, if you don't start winning games, you're just a glorified cheerleader. Like, is this is the joke on us? We're believing in this crap? Because I got news for you. Detroit media, you get a you get a lot of cushion there. Okay, you get a lot of cushion there. I remember a guy right here in Jersey, very boisterous, very outspoken, a player's coach. Players will run through a brick wall for him. Hey, guess what? As soon as Rex Ryan start losing, that act wore out then real quick, real quick, which is why I don't think Dan Campbell would survive as a head coach in New York City, Philadelphia. He ain't cut from that cloth. Say, I, I look. I get it. I like it. Rah, rah. Go team. Dude, you just don't have the talent. And I'm coming back around to the Jody Mack side of things where uh, <laughs> you guys are funny in the chat room, man. We got to get the chat room uh, police on you, man. Uh, you disrupted my concentration now. But uh, I'll tell you what. This Detroit Lions team is, is in for doom and gloom this week. I, I'm I'm back over on the Jody Mack side. I do think it'll be competitive for a half. 
but I do think the the Eagles probably win this by double digits. We'll get the official prediction on the air tomorrow uh, when we have Ralph Venture on. We'll chop it up, go around the league. We got Howard Balls, our Philadelphia native, checking in as well as uh, that's Friday with Brian Baldinger. Tomorrow we'll have G.J. Kinney, former Eagle player, Dane Vandernat, Neil Stratton. Uh, I want to get into a little bit more matchups. We're getting to the nitty gritty, close to the end of the show. 20 minutes until the sports take guys take over, followed by Dan Cilio from three to six. Jacob Sportsman, it's your home for Eagles talk. It's your home for real football talk here on the football playbook. We're going to pay some bills. Come back right after this. Make sure you hit the like button. Go check out all our sponsors, Ocean Casino Resorts. Have you reserved your seat for the Eagles pre and post game yet? I might be made. I'd be made making a cameo down at the gallery this weekend. We'll see. I got to get Krause on the line. I know this. I'll be making a cameo right after this commercial break for the final segment of the show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
again. It's an RIT in the two weeks on the And like it is when it comes to the Eagles, when it comes to the NFL, when it comes to college football, it's what we do since 2002. Check us out, NFLDraftBible.com, bringing you the names you need to know first since 2002. That's what I do. My 21st year of coverage. We're now partnered up with Sports Illustrated. Uh, partnered up with the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl coming in January of 2023, the 11th annual. Uh, also the Hub Football. Uh, Coach Eugene Chung, a part of that. Coach John DeFilippo, a part of the Hub Football. And I got to I gotta drop a line into Coach D and see if we can pop him on the show. So uh, shout out to all my chat room guys. I saw you during the commercial break. You start talking food, now you're talking my language. Because the Ocean Casino is great, but I'm waiting for the rest. When I'm down at the Eagles post game, I'm going to sneak up to the Dolce, Dolce Ocean. What's the Italian restaurant they got over? They need to get on board. They need to get on board with the football playbook and Jacob Sports Channel. I want to see what they got going on. Maybe they got some clams floating around. I see you. Hey, it's mad and mad, though, for, you know, ain't nothing wrong with some uh, some clam sauce. No doubt about it. But I made some gravy the other day, man. I had everything going on. I had some lamb I found I threw in the gravy. Uh, we had some pork brajol. You know, I had the, the the meatballs going with some some nice veal and uh, all kinds of meatballs cooking with, uh, with the fresh sausage. You know what I mean? I'm eating macaroni every day out, out here at the Jersey Shore. <laughs> all right. So big shout out. By the way, it's Heineken over, bud. I'm really a 609 guy. You know, keeping it local, I like to support the local brewery. So when I'm down uh, perusing Atlantic City, I get down on some 609. And, uh, of course, guys, come on. Vodka or gin with stateside paying the bills. You know where I'm going. Stateside, it's all about the stateside. By the way, stateside, can you upgrade my glass here? Maybe I need a new glass. Don't worry. It's just water. I could use some stateside, too, if you want to send that. Um, all right. So couple minutes to play around with here. Um, you know, talking Eagles matchups real quickly. You know, I think the passing game, there's some mismatches to be had. Uh, we talk about running the ball. I do want to see what Dickerson shows me. And say Amalu on the interior there coming off that Liz Frank, make sure that those guys are good to go and dependable because I think you can argue uh, that might be outside of tight end. That might be the only other concern there on the offense. I'm not concerned about Jalen Hurts. He's the captain, baby. Uh, defensive side of the ball, you know, we're going to pick uh, Tone's brain when we pop him on here in a little while. But Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I think he's the guy that goes up against Hawkinson. I know our friend uh, Glenn Irby said Kaiser White could be a guy in that matchup. I like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in that matchup. And uh, we'll talk more about that. Jordan Davis, I think 25 to 30 snaps is a good number for him. Uh, you know, a couple guys we don't really talk a whole heck of a lot about is Josh Sweat and Javon Hargrave. Uh, Hargrave and Sweat, they, those two guys accounted for 15 sacks a year ago. And Josh, Josh Sweat was a Pro Bowl selection. I don't think I've heard his name uttered on any of these shows. <laughs> Just flying under the radar. Um, but, hey, you know, Panay Sewell, Taylor Decker, you know, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, those are going to be some marquee matchups. 
uh, to keep an eye on. Inside the trenches, though, with Tommy Kramer, who's a gritty guy but limited athletically, and then the backup Jonah Jackson at the other guard, I mean, I think you could see Jordan Davis. I, I see people questioning, does Jordan Davis a uh, great spot? By the way, I didn't catch the Warren Moon segment. I have that on my to-do list. I did catch the Cosell segment, though, and that was great, great conversation. Um, forgot where I was going with that. I wanted to make a point there, but um, the interior. Oh, he was questioning whether or not Jordan Davis can bend. <laughs> my man can bend. He can dip. He can rip. He can flip. Jordan Davis, he's got underrated flexibility. Okay. I think you're going to see a sack from Jordan Davis, even if he's not in there on so-called pass rush situations. I think he might get loose, get loose, picking on a Jonah Jackson or picking on a Tommy Kramer. Exploit the mismatches here, right? Exploit the interior pass rush because Hargrave can bring it. Fletcher Cox can bring it. And Javon Hargrave, I think he's faster than both of those guys. How about that? How about that? So there's going to be a healthy dose of Swift and Williams. We know that. Um, by the way, talk about a prima donna, Jamal Williams. Could you ham it up any more for the cameras? I mean, this guy loves him some attention. And I don't mind the fun-loving personality, but, dude, you put the, uh, you put the extra mustard on it for sure when those hard knocks – film crew is around no doubt about it. all right so we'll get more into some matchups tomorrow um breaking it down chopping it up again eagles with a couple transactions they say goodbye to lamichael p ryan they say, say goodbye to reed senate they add tight end dalton keen they add auden tate i want to hear more about what they plan to do with auden tate because to me he could be a darren waller conversion type of player the fact that they brought in Farad Green and Dalton Keene along with Auden Tate, two other tight ends, tells me maybe they're thinking of him as a reclamation project. But um, if you just tuned in, we had three good guests. Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit. Uh, we'll have that isolated, I'm sure, up on the playlist. Tone and Xander, they're doing a great job. Glenn Irby uh, from USA Today, Eagles Newswire. Kayla Santiago. Uh, from Delmarva Sports, part of the NFL Draft Bible Familia. Great, great guest lineup today. So if you missed any of it, go back, watch the replay, check the archives, smash the like button, guys. Please get me up there, baby. We coming. We coming like the Eagles are soaring for week one action. So let's bring in the people's champion when it comes to the city of brotherly love. He is checking in from the Ocean Suites Casino. There he is behind the scenes. Sometimes on the stream, we're popping them up. Tone's take. What do you got for us here today, Tone? You know, first things first, great show as always, Rick. Uh, always love the work you do, man. You know, you know, I couldn't help but lock in on what Kayla said about people being scared to really lean all the way in on this Philadelphia Eagles team. And it kind of goes back to what you asked me yesterday. You know, do I believe that the Philadelphia Eagles, do I believe they're a Super Bowl contender? Do I believe they can actually get there? And I believe that, they have the talent to get there. But again, it's all about putting it together. It's all about whether this coaching staff will play up or live up to expectations. And on top of that, don't get caught 
in the weeds. You know, sometimes when you're an inexperienced coaching staff, you tend to overthink, you know, the game. You tend to outcoach yourself. And you nine times out of ten, you know, play yourself out of position. And, you know, my mom always taught me, you know, first things first, no self. And on top of that, don't ever play yourself. And sometimes, you know, coaches can get out of hand. And you saw moments last season where Nick Sirianni got, got out of pocket a little bit. You know, he tried to do too much of what he wanted to do rather than what this team, rather than what was best for the team. And, you know, down the stretch, you saw the team starting to really find their swing. So I think it's just going to be really important for this team to figure out who they are, who they want to be, how they want to win. Um, I'm a little afraid. I know we talk about versatility a lot. And I know we talk about, you know, this team being on a matchup by matchup basis each and every week. But I'm afraid that by them trying so hard to be a chameleon, this team is going, this team is not going to be able to establish who they really are. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think they're going to play to their strengths. I think we'll find out week one because we're going to see what the game plan is. I, you know, I mentioned they, they ran the ball almost 40 times a game last year. If you see 35 plus rushing attempts, well, we're going to see a lot of the same again. I hope they air it out more, but I think you do have to take it from a week to week basis. And that's what the good coaches do is they adapt and adjust from week to week. And sometimes at halftime, which is why you look what Sirianni did halfway through the year. He adapted, he adjusted big reason why I give him an advantage. I'll tell you right now, I watched every single game of Todd Bowles head coaching career. Nick Sariani is already a better coach. I'm actually not too high on the Buccaneers this year. I don't know. Something's not right over there. Um, Bruce Arians, you know, stepped down. Todd Bowles stepped up. I know a lot of people feel like he's just going to be just this smooth transition, but with Bruce Arians stepping away and Todd Bowles stepping in, essentially that team has to assimilate Todd Bowles' philosophies, not his defensive coordinator philosophies, but his team building, his his coaching philosophies. And granted, it's the Jets, and it's really hard for anyone to turn around the Jets. You still didn't really see that team really establish anything under his tutelage. So um, I believe the Buccaneers take a step back. If they don't take a step back, it's solely because Tom Brady kept them above water. Um, if I'm being honest, I wouldn't be surprised if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a first-round exit in the playoffs. Hey, watch out because I think the Saints have beaten them like, I don't know, six times in a row or something. So they have their number for sure. Yeah, so the Saints could be taking that division. Yeah. Uh, for whatever it's worth, I hope the Buccaneers don't take on the personality of the one Todd Bowles. I mean, I'd rather watch paint dry than to listen to this guy in a press conference. But my point is he makes zero adjustments from start to finish of the game. Whatever the game plan is going in, That'll be the game plan when they finish. Well, well, you know, that's a that's a problem for Gannon as well, right? You know, last season, there were moments where you really watched the game and you said to yourself, when are we going to do something different? When is he going to at least tweak his philosophies? At least, you know, being a first-year first year defensive coordinator, at the very least, you should be flexible in terms of your expectations and what you want your guys to do um, quarter to quarter or half to half. And there was just too often where you, again, I'm, I'm, I'm really big on the fact that these corners, these DBs play so far away from the line of scrimmage and they've done so even in the preseason. Now, granted, they, they are trying to keep everything hush, hush. And on a sneak tip, they want to keep everything in house. They don't want, they don't want anything to leak out. Okay. I get it. But still your 
there's there should, there should there should still be a level of aggression that you're instilling in your guys. That's not giving up the you know giving up the goods. If in my opinion, you know that's just telling guys to play a little bit more physical, play a little harder. And when you got guys playing five ten yards off the line of scrimmage, it's going to make it hard for your defensive line to, you know to get penetration. So I'm just paying really close attention to Jonathan Gannon. You know his ability to make adjustments um, in game. Um, you know that's what makes that's what makes Bill Belichick one of the best head coaches in this game. The fact that he's capable of making those in game adjustments. You know, and sometimes it's not. And sometimes it's not even that complicated. It could, it could be as simple as just changing a matchup, and that can just t- totally you know break the game wide open. Just because you notice that one guy is struggling against another guy, and you just make that switch, and it can completely change the complexion of a game. So. Like this defense, I know everyone loves to talk about Jalen Hurts. The defense, Jonathan Gannon, I think he's under the biggest microscope because if this defense can't stop a nosebleed, if they're allowing quarterbacks to complete 73%, over 80%, sometimes 90% of their passes like they did last year, this team will not go anywhere no matter how good Jalen Hurts plays. All right, fair enough. That's Tone behind the scenes. Tone DeShields joining us here. We're running out of time. I will pop you back on before the end of the week. If you're not afraid of the Bucks, I'm going to pick your brain and find out just who are you worried about then in the <laughs> NFC. But, uh, I do want to just make a, a quick note here before we wrap things up, and I appreciate the time tone. But one thing to keep an eye on today as, as the sports take guys take over and, and Dan Cilio comes on, Reed Senate cut today. If you watched Hard Knocks, they lost David Blau to the Vikings. Right. Tommy Boyle, who was in the uh, almost cried when he got told he was being cut, they trade for Nate Sudfeld. They lose Blau. They bring back Boyle on the practice squad, who they could care less about. I mean, if I'm the Lions, I'm playing a little bit of gamesmanship. Maybe I'm picking up Reed Sinet for my practice squad, parting ways with Timothy Boyle, and using Sinet for whatever I can between now and kickoff to pick his brain on the Eagles' playbook. So is this something to keep an eye on here with the release of Reed Senate, you're playing with fire a little bit. Uh, the Lions could be cooking with gas because they could care less about Timothy Boyle. And Reed Senate could give them a little bit of an edge. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll come back tomorrow. we got more great guests. Again, uh, if you missed anything, make sure you watch the replay. Show your boys some love. We are halfway over the hump through the week. Two more days of the football playbook on week two. This was part seven. Brought to you by the Ocean Casino Resorts. Don't go anywhere. Stay on the chat. Stay on the stream. The Dream Team is going to take you right into the sports take, guys. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody.